with integration into the game. So, like, you can get in yourself in the zone, and, like, you know how there's competitive Overwatch and, like, WoW and, like, stuff like that. So, I'm trying to bring that more into my life, into my friend circles, to get the idea out there. Also, Yang Gang kind of stuff. Yeah, that's great, Refluence. I love that. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, I adhere to the same Gaming is this incredibly powerful force in the world. It's a unifying force because uh, it breaks all barriers uh, globally. Um, and, you know, I think that the generation of gamers are the ones that are going to save humanity because, you know, they, you know, uh, well, one, like we tend to skew pretty young, average age is about 30 years old, and vast majority of teenagers are gamers, like around 70, 80%. And there are 2.7 billion gamers on the planet. And to me, the real question is, like, how do you harness that? How do you leverage that level of engagement and activity and creative problem solving and apply that to real world problems? Um, so the scary part to me is, you know, you know, as uh, trends accelerate, you know, on average, um, individuals are spending about two hours a day gaming uh, per week. Uh, that is a tremendous amount of time spent in games. And uh, because of lockdowns and, you know, virtual learning and virtual offices were kind of like disappearing into the digital world. And in particular with gaming, it's this powerful escape from reality. So as reality gets uglier and messier, people are escaping more into the virtual worlds, which is great for your um, alleviating stress and anxiety, but it's also detaching you from reality. And so you end up developing less empathy for the problems that are in front of you and globally. So I do think there's this uh, imperative for us to bridge that gap. Uh, reference, you got you something to say? <laughs> yes. I wanted to reference the movie Ready Player One and the book Ready Player One and the, the book number two, Ready Player Two, is out. So I'm reading those. It's, uh, it's like based on reality, but it's like where the virtual world gets really real. So it's like, yeah. Absolutely, man. Uh, and it, it's kind of this exciting time because that concept is actually being built now. It's essentially a concept called the metaverse. And, um, you know, the, the latest revolution in software is, you know, among many things, AI, machine learning, but also blockchain. So this like blockchain ecosystem where all these applications can now integrate together, it's starting to create this like unified virtual metaverse universe <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy so we are <laughs> marching towards ready player one like it's happening already it's uh big brain really yeah it's uh kind of frightening uh to be honest um so I, I i do think there's this responsibility on our side to navigate um that kind of feature correctly and that's a that's a hard problem to solve we need some very deep thinking and a lot of philosophy and sociology and psychology going into that, not just I'm good at that. and engineering. Yeah, uh, and actually, I, I I really love like your focus on mental health and and you know uh, mindfulness. mindfulness. I think that is key for all of us, and particularly for gamers. Yes, sir. Gaming gamers, let's go. Hey, Jeremy. So uh, you and I met about. Uh, a year ago, uh, doing gang gang stuff. Um, and uh, I know you and I talked a little bit about your project. And uh, when you talked about it with me, there was like a, a UBI element to it. And um, I guess it might be nice to share, like, what's your story with how you got into universal basic income and, and how that plays into what you're doing now? Yeah, um, 
Man, it, it does go back a while. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of uh, my understanding of the uh, theory of UBI and its benefits uh, really came through the Andrew Yang campaign, where I was following it pretty closely and listening to uh, a lot of what he was saying, and then just digging into the research that he cited. And it was pretty clear. It's like, wow, there are so many benefits to introducing this in terms of like increasing overall health outcomes, mental health outcomes, opening up equal opportunity to, um, you know, everything like education, healthcare, um, uh, jobs, mobility, uh, and what it would do for the economy to stimulate activity and, um, you know, generate uh, business and jobs. So it was just incredible what I discovered. And the list goes on and on of all the benefits. Um, so, so then I started to think about, oh, okay, got it. This is one of the most powerful and most effective and efficient ways to eradicate poverty. Like, let's push this thing forward. So, it's, you know, again, it's like my, this core theme behind me is, you know, I really want to focus on solving poverty. Um, and part of that is because, you know, my parents are immigrants in the Philippines and they grew up in extreme poverty and overcame a lot. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and, uh, you You're know, Filipino too. Yeah, yeah, Filipino, I'm Filipino, yeah. man. I was, uh, uh, I'm a first generation, you hey. know, born in New York. Uh, but, you know, I was uh, pretty closely tied to my roots and, and, you know, still have family, uh, out there that does suffer from poverty that we support. Um, so, so yeah, get that, this idea of universal basic income and just raising the floor so people can thrive and survive. And also, you know, moving people out of this mindset of scarcity into a mindset of abundance. Um, then you realize, okay, when we have like 2.3 um, 2. or so uh, billion people on the planet that are living in some form of scarcity, holy crap, if you unlock their mindsets into a mindset of abundance and their creative energy, wow, we could solve crazy amounts of problems, like ridiculous amounts of problems. And even just from an economic standpoint, lifting people into or rather out of poverty gives them, you know, um, economic uh, power and it liberates them from authoritarianism, from crime, uh, but also creates market demand. So let's say you're interested in like a cure for cancer. Imagine 2 billion more people that can afford treatments for cancer and research like the market forces will drive and accelerate those kind of solutions. So it benefits all of us like to, you know, move people out of poverty. Um, and I think we need that to solve climate change because right now, if everybody's in a mindset of scarcity, they can't even think about bigger problems. They're trying to like put food on the table and just keep the roof over their heads. And you ask them, it's like, all right, listen, start uh, doing things to stop climate change. They'll be like, screw you. Like, I'm trying to survive right now, you know? Um, so, so that idea is like really intrinsic to me. And it's like, uh, what I would love to do as part of our nonprofit is really to put a dent in poverty. And essentially what we're building is this engine of abundance to just uh, enable people to do good things and get rewarded for it and get and make a profit out of that. Um, whereas right now, it's just super hard to do good. You have to spend your time, your money, you have to sacrifice, uh, leverage your networks. But we want to make it fun, easy and profitable. Like that's as basic as it gets and it can scale infinitely. So it's, it's an exciting uh, opportunity, I'd say. Oh, that's big brain, bro. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Woo! 
Yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Uh, but you know, I figure like now is the moment. This is our generation's turn to really step up and just say we're going to solve these big ass problems. We're going to come together and make a difference. And again, you know, I was inspired by that campaign where it's just like these set of ideas and values really unite people, and you can activate that and make make a powerful impact. So. Uh, I've got a lot more optimism about the future thanks to that, Hannah. Yeah. And, you know, like conversations you and I have, like, you know, really energize uh, people to to step up. The, this is this is the thing because um, I think, Jeremy, when, when people want to make their own thing and introduce it into the world, either as a business and a nonprofit, there's really no roadmap. And it's like, how, how do you find that you deal with gaining momentum and having growing pains? How, how if you have a message that you want to spread to the world like what where where do you start who do you talk to who do you get together and all that so like go through that process so people out there who have an idea about a message they want to send or a thing they want to build it's like how how do you put your best foot forward uh it is incredibly hard uh to to start an endeavor like this i i have to admit i mean i'm losing my hair like <laughs> i've been doing this for a while uh but uh you know i think at the end of the day you have to think about okay what is the opportunity and what is a problem that we need to solve and coming together with say and saying this is the solution this is my proposal or the value proposition we can create like fundamentally it comes down to that like what specific unique problem can you solve and that you can do better and doesn't exist today it's really all about identifying that but that ideas are like easy i think like we get, we all have ideas but there's a sense of you need to not only take this leap of faith, but yeah, you have to gather the right talent and the people, you have to galvanize them, you have to convince them that this is a good idea and they can benefit from that. You have to convince them to invest in you, either their time or the money. Um, the great sifting, bro. Uh, sorry, what's that? Yeah. You, you gotta you gotta get those diamonds in the rough kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I agree. And so, you know, picking who you work you with is... From the chaff. You have to separate the wheat, the heart, from the chaff, the useless <laughs> outside. Yeah, I think so. And, and also just investing in, in people to to get their maximum or help them achieve their maximum potential. Um, but, you know, and then you have to balance your time because you can't, like, you know, do everything at once. You got to really prioritize and focus in on what's, like, the absolute maximum impact that you can have. Um, so it's, it's, you gotta think about everything. It's like, what is a product that you're building? What's the service? What's the community around it and the users? Uh, how do you get your funding in place? How do you go to market and have the right marketing message and brand and positioning? Um, so it's a tremendous amount of work. And what I learned is you've got to build a team. Uh, there's problems today are so complex that no one individual can really solve them alone. You need to be able to connect with people and whether or not they're directly on your team, it's also establishing partnerships and supporters and your, you know, your people, your users. Um, so, it, you know, it's why I spend a lot of time with our community. Ariel can attest to this, you know, we're, we're talking pretty much every week. Uh, and it's all about just transparency and openness and authenticity. Um, but, you know, it, you have to invest a ton of time and energy to, to really create a, you know, so positive I, relationship. I, I 
of I love when these uh, worlds are colliding. So every Saturday that I have to say like, I, I mean, you don't know much about me, and we have people listening for the first time. I'm a master's level a social worker. I don't hold a license, and I'm basically practicing clergy. I don't have a church really, although um, my home base is rooted with um, the Quakers that are conservative branch. So it's the very, very old tradition of sitting in silent worship and waiting for spirit to speak directly from the voice of God that comes from the light that shines through all things that were created. And uh, that's beautiful, guys. Well, I think is very um, in alignment with many Eastern perspectives, and and really is speaks to the heart of what you're saying. Oh, that's wonderful, Kaizen. Uh, much of, yeah, much respect for you being a social worker. Uh, yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, okay, right? okay cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, Ref, I'm, I'm, I'm having problems on the computer side, so I switched over to my phone. So I know what you're going through. But yeah, every single time that I have to not, I can't do the extra hour on Saturday, it's because Jeremy can attest to this. Like, I'm with him. And like, like, like we're, we're roughing out or what do you call it? Rounding out the edges. Like, like, like that, that's what we're trying to do. And now that I, I love it that worlds can just collide and it's, it's not like I'm just saying, oh, I'm doing something and I'm just not really doing something. I am, you know, doing, and, and I brought him here to kind of attest to that. And so every single time I don't do that extra hour, I just want you guys to see what it's going to. Yeah, sorry if I'm stealing Ariel from you guys. I apologize. <laughs> but yeah, he's making a big difference, honestly. And I agree, you know, I think there is so much more that we humans have in common than we have, like, uh, the not. And uh, unfortunately, we kind of, as a society, have lost sight of that. And uh, part of it is the mindset of scarcity, where we create our in-and-out groups. And when resources and ideas become scarce, uh, more people end up in the out group versus your in-group. And I think, you know, that's the key to solving a lot of our, or rather, it's one key element to solving this um, uh, this crisis of polarization is just create abundance, like let people feel safe and secure and they have a good future and they're going to be nicer to each other. Like it's, oh, it's not like a hundred percent, but radical, Jimmy. right. Yeah, totally. It's like we're insane. Like we're radical. And I'm like, no, no I just want to be a decent human being and do an honest day's work and feel good about the work that I did. It's not about the dollar signs, but I certainly need them. But I'd like to have lots of them to do good things with this. Rather than talk somewhere and out somewhere where all the Jeremy like do this weird and and that's a beautiful thing about where we're at and why I'm not ready to completely vilify capitalism because I like this human capitalism. I think it's a clever marketing tool to get us to the point we need to be. It's using the language we have today to communicate ideas that are so much bigger than this tiny little fragment of me and my nuclear family. We need tribes, and we need our tribes to be healthy and strong. And so the white man wants to wipe away all the native tribes. Jeremy, Jeremy. And we embrace the white man in us and everything else. Jeremy, can I say something? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, please. You're talking like it's like a sim, like a simulator, like it's civilization. You ever play that yet? 
Oh yeah, yeah. And we're what out of resources. Game. Yeah, and we gotta people will attack us if we don't have enough resources or defenses. It's like it's like, bro, like my brain is expanding through you, bro. It's like <laughs> damn. Let's no, go. I appreciate that. Uh but you know, like this is inherent to our history and our biology. You know, like you know, often we grew up in or you know, say tens of thousands of years ago, uh we were all very tribal and very small communities, maximum 150 people. It's called the Dunbar limit. And you know, it's you know, it's hard to, you know, forage for food and find stuff. So if you ran into another band of people, they would probably be wanting to take your shit. <laughs> so like uh you naturally had like the people that survived those environments are the ones that had like a very strong in-group outgrip dynamic. So they survived and then that's why we're kind of biologically wired for that. And it's not to say that we can change our biology, but we could definitely change our environment such that it doesn't trigger all these, you know, undesired uh, behaviors. Um, So, yeah, that's why I do think um, economic abundance is fundamental to improving society. And uh, if we don't address that, it just makes every challenge that much more difficult to to accomplish. Like... um... You know, and and some people think that they're alone. I don't understand fundamentally why we're attached to like believing that we can't have an un- endless and unlimited supply of dollar signs when they're pieces of paper. It's not backed by anything but humans and what we want to change. It's just currency. But it's become the false idol that separated us from our humanity. And so I think this is where we need to take the opportunity to turn dollars into the making things they are, and instead of having them be the evil things that they're not. And I think little, little by little, Jeremy, people are realizing that the emperor has no clothes. Because the old model of just get a degree and you'll make a million dollars more, and I think that uh, Kaizen can attest to this because she has a master's degree, and she's been in such financial trouble. And everybody tells you, if you get anything higher than a bachelor's degree, you know, you'll, you'll be set for life, which is just a complete nonsense, non sequitur at this point, is that people are seeing that all of these corporations right now, like during the pandemic, they don't, they don't care about um, people's mental health and their well-being and if they have like enough to get by day to day. Because when I um, uh, was let off from my seasonal job at Best Buy, I thought to myself, like, like, was it what is it me? Is it something that I'm doing wrong that I didn't get to keep it after the season or something like that? But then when I went on their Reddit channel, I saw tons and tons of disgruntled employees saying that they're they're not being uh, uh, compensated enough, or that they're they're um, uh, accustomed to receiving abuse from the customer, and they're just like at the end of their uh, uh, you know wits with like what's going on and the restructuring and how they're all afraid of losing their jobs. And some of them weren't even told that they would be jobless in a week or something like that. So I think more people in the private sector that realizes that this this normal that we were taught was normal isn't really normal anymore. Like it'll naturally come into more of these things like what you're trying to do. And what you're trying to create, because I think that you've noticed, like dealing with some of these big companies that 
it was mostly about the bottom line. And it was, it was like, if somebody had to get let go, or if somebody like didn't keep whatever it was that they were doing for years and years and years, that was just something that they were like, oh, well, that's the way companies and corporations work. It's just kind of go through it. And yeah. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Reference, please. I think, I think, uh, sorry. In the gaming community, we call the new normal meta. That's what meta, why we mean by meta, because in like competitions, there are new metas being formed, like the newer normals because of the game being changed. So in the same way, in our US system, the game gets changed a lot. And then you have to follow the new meta. So so our new meta should be UBI and like uh, a, a healthier humanity system focus on that. That's right. Uh, in fact, you know, yeah. one of our taglines is uh, change the game, change the world. And really, we're just playing this like gigantic game of life. Uh, and it's we've designed this system and narrative, which is, hey, we've got to, you know, consolidate wealth and just measure capital efficiency. And, you know, people be damned if they, you know, they don't align with that. Uh, and, and I think the big discovery or rather one of my passions in the business sector is... We need to move from this bottom line point of view to triple bottom line. And what that uh, essentially breaks down to is people, planet, and profit. Right now, all we measure is profit. And so it externalizes all the impacts to people and planet. But if we have corporations adhere to those triple, line, triple bottom line goals, it balances out how we prioritize things. Because the CEO that's like, you know, for a public company is beholden to shareholder interests. And right now, shareholder interest literally only measures one unit of uh, one number, which is the profit. So if you change shareholder incentives and CEO incentives and executive pay incentives so that they have to, you know, adhere to um carbon taxes and yep. you know <laughs> not pollute the ocean um then it changes the entire dynamic and then empathy doesn't have much to do in that scenario because right now empathy can't scale like we can't it's hard for us to process what a million people even look like let alone like develop an emotional connection to every single one of them so you have to think systematically and via these um uh, layers of incentives and you know a lot of that's just really economics and behavioral economics but um, I think it's a very powerful way to start like, well who right better now, yeah. Yeah. yeah so I know that's cut you off but who better to understand systemic incentive structures than a game designer because what is a game but a series of overlapping uh, incentive structures, right? That's it. You know, you want the score. You don't. You want to preserve your health. You don't want to use all your mana. You want to have your gold. You care about your friends. You don't want to play too long all day. You know, there's a lot going on. But I love it. But but a game designer is 100% equipped with a transferable skill set for um. Uh, uh, for for system design, for a reality designer. Yeah, for more practical system design. You know, your systems, the systems you're designing, don't have to be games because the real system, the real skill of game design is system design. Anyway, I've kind of said a mouthful, but I want to go back to the the biological perspective that you brought up, where uh, you know, um, you most uh, until you know a few ten thousand years ago or so, most people lived in, or maybe depending on how. Anyway, until for, for 99% of human history, we lived in very, very small communities. We've had a lurch forward in social and physical technology 
and we're just struggling as animals to adapt, you know, in our, our, our animal brains and our animal bodies. It's, 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 a, it's a challenge. So the people who have who succeeded in a scarcity environment, which was the majority of human history for most of the world, not all the time, not all, not all the time, and not in all places, but overall, it has been the people with a certain temperament, the temperament of, of a guardianship, of, of jealousy, covetousness, protectiveness, of selfishness even, you know, of, of insularity. Um, those are th- traits that might help you survive in a scarce, a scarce world where you have to make ruthless decisions. Um, but the opposite is true in an environment of abundance. Those traits, jealousy, um, you know, in, um, intractableness, uh, you know, uh, an unwillingness to compromise, wrath, will get you kicked out of a, of a very peaceful community. Well, you're going right. to be the one that has the, the, you know, from biological perspective, you're not going to reproduce as much. Uh, you're not going to be as, uh, um, you know, appreciated by the community because you're a jerk. <laughs> um, so what we have is a world where we no longer have the scarcity. We have, through our own wonderful efforts of technology, generation after generation, created abundance. But the people in control are the people with the temperament to thrive in an environment of scarcity. So they are inflicting upon us a manufactured scarcity. And that's really the root of the problem. I think you're 100% correct. I agree with you completely. And uh, it's interesting because, you know, those behaviors are not because uh, people are inherently bad. It's just that it's all these, you know, uh, incentives and these forces that are driving and, and, and incentivizing these behaviors. And it just so happens that the profiles that work well in those systems tend to be a bit more uh, sociopathic. <laughs> like, like the, the, I think the, the percentage yeah. of CEOs that are genuine so, so, oh, sociopaths is quite high. We never learn about these systems in school. We never, we, we never, like, even if it's a bad system, you could at least tell me that these people are sociopaths. You could at least tell me that, that it's all about shareholder profits and it's all about this and it's all about that. If I was told that in school, I would have prepared for the rest of my life in a different way. I was just told, you don't need to know about that. Just work. And if you're willing to work and if you're willing to do work, you'll be fine. And nothing could have been more BS and further from the truth than that stuff that I learned. It's all lying. Yeah, I I hear you, man. And it's because it's so complex. Like it's incredibly complex and in some ways intentionally obtuse. Uh, because those that are in power like want to design it so people don't understand how much they're swindling you. <laughs> like uh, that's the sad truth, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, I think that's that's probably the moment, uh, or rather, we're in this moment of time where the pandemic has really. Uh, laid bare uh, all of the flaws in our systems, uh, you know, and other, you know, factors uh, <laughs> like her past presidency has really laid bare all the vulnerabilities of our system. Uh, and, you know, I do think we we kind of were, you know, coming back to the whole tribal communities, uh, what happened is like through storytelling and, you know, creating a sense of like a state or a nation or a religion start to bring people together and expand beyond 150 Dunbar limit. Um, so we moved from a tribe into states, states into nations. And we're kind of stuck at that level. We need to be at a global species, um, you know, group where we're still at like, hey, U.S. versus China versus Russia. 
where our problems are not nation level, they're global level. So, you know, widespread, um, you know, inequality and climate change and artificial superintelligence, like all of these are global problems. But if we're stuck at nations, like we are not going to cooperate and still compete with each other. So I think that's a massive challenge we all need to, you know, elevate from or elevate towards whatever. <laughs> God, right, reference. reference. No, <laughs> I, yeah, I got something. <laughs> I got something. So, 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 sorry, can you guys hear me? Sorry. Yeah, I am. Yeah, okay. Um, so the first and foremost challenge we need to overcome is yourself. Yourself has to overcome your self-challenge. And then you go on to your family, your family challenges. And then you go into your community challenges. That's the town's challenges, the county's challenges, the state challenges, the nation's challenges, and then it's the global challenge. That's absolutely uh, right. That is the essence of Kaizen refluence. <laughs> right. I wanna... One little bit of time. I want to chime in here. So I live my life like a video game pretty actively. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I personally worked on uh, my own mental health before uh, becoming fully nomadic and traveling to the United States for two years. And um, during that time, I, I was able to essentially find a baseline for myself. And that allowed me the ability to level up. But as I was going through and using and comparing the um, uh, uh, hero's journey as kind of a template uh, in combination with, you know, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs and all these other um, systems that have really created a beautiful template of how to live your life, uh, I noticed I had to do a uh, self-love. And then I, I found this thing where it's like, you need five core people in your life in order to be happy. And that's your cheerleader. That is your friend, your peer, your coach, and your mentor. And essentially, it kind of does um, go from within yourself and kind of builds out to a bigger network. And it's harder to find a mentor than it is, say, a friend, you know, and and you need to build out towards that vision because that's what a mentor would do. But the coach is one that would challenge you to stretch you and all these other things. And so I have been actively leveling up and I can feel when it happens and I can feel when, um, you know, I've taken the next step and I have, uh, I don't know, accomplish something. And and I think more people could use something like this. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't until I decided to go minimally off of money uh, to even pull it off because I could not afford the loans. I couldn't afford the interest on the loans. I can't even take out a loan because I don't have um, great credit. And so I was like, I'm not going to let this hold me back. I'm not going to have this be the challenge I need to face. But overall, it, it was very helpful for me to um, really evaluate uh, the self and how I interact with the world. Because I, I, I run into a lot of people who have mental health issues or whatever. And I see it like, cause I'm staying in their home or I happen to run into them. And so when I encounter them, I have the chance to cause some healing in their own lives. And it's because I figured out myself, instead of adding to the drama that could have been there, I'm actually healing some of that so that they have a chance, but I also get the chance to educate them because I've gone down the path. And if I can learn it, I can teach it. Right. Right. 
And that's true. Actually, I think I taught GED for a while. Um, after I stopped being a foster parent and a foster care social worker, I went into adult education because in the state of Kansas, you need a master's degree. It doesn't matter what it's in. You just have to be able to teach reading, writing, arithmetic, civics. And I did teach all of those at the very lowest level, in part because um, you have to have an incredible amount of patience because you're breaking through belief systems that are based on fallacies. But people don't know what a fallacy is if you can't read and write. If you don't know your math, you can't be taught much of anything. And so there's a lot of patience that goes into it to make that blossom of learning happen. So that's where that, that's the, the usefulness of like having this social work perspective that definitely, Jeremy, I've heard you express this today is very much what social work is. It's you start where people are at, not where you want them to be, not where you think they should be. Well, he's 50 years old. He should know that four quarters makes up a dollar. But there are a lot of 50-year-olds that don't because they don't read. Mm -hmm. And they're almost all black and a few Mexicans. But I'll tell you what, if they've come over from Mexico, they know how to count. Their math is excellent. Mm -hmm. It's their language that's behind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think... Uh, human love. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think everyone's journey is different. So trying to time and set an expectation based off of how old you are is missing all these other variables in your life. And, uh, you know, human brains have incredible plasticity. So you can rewire your brain uh, just with the right environment, good habits, uh, you know, proper nutrition, sleep, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and Faye, big shout out to you. That is awesome. That journey you described and, you know, your your knowledge and wisdom is really fantastic. And I 100% agree with all of you that it's really about investing in people. And you're right. You got to start with yourself. Um, and there, there's this uh, urgency in finding ways to promote mental health because we are in the midst of the greatest mental health crisis in our generation. Uh, on top of all the other crises, you know, mental health is going to be uh, it's already a, a complete disaster. Um, so I, you know, I, I really also want to do a lot I've of help there. I'm very system, connected to that. I've never seen a system better designed to fail than the recovery system. Because what are we recovering? Are we pretending like there was some point in our past that was healthy? Because there wasn't. Hmm. We don't want recovery. We want progress. Mm -hmm. And yes, and I think it, it. a lot that is labeled bad, right? <gasps> You're a progressive. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and and cut and sorry, it says like, a lot that I want to believe in it. Oh, I'm shorting out again. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Uh, I, I I just think it says a lot that someone like you, Kaizen, um is saying this because you're supposed to be a social worker. You're supposed to be helping people with their mental health with their problems with their confusions and this system has you breaking down that really says a lot when the people who are supposed to be working for the system and helping others have the system break them down it's yeah. it's it's beyond anything right now well, go ahead and i'm gonna oh, yeah. go back to a, to a word that i brought up earlier obscene it's obscenity what we do to people is obscene. 
So don't tell me I'm not a social career and I'm not doing the thing that I'm supposed to do because I am my crazy ass poet, performer, Quaker girl self, who's actually not less a girl and more a full two spirit person because I will go down with any dude verbally. You will not take me down. Mm. But I don't uh, you know, uh, Sen, I really like the the way you use the term or frame it as making progress versus recovery. And, uh, you know, when you kind of zoom out on the world, uh, we can see that there's tremendous progress being made in, um, you know, reducing global poverty and extreme poverty, for example, or reducing uh, childhood mortality or, you know, eradicating diseases. Uh, unfortunately, this is the first set of years, the past like two or three years, where that trend has actually reversed. And that is the scary thing is that we're not continuing to make progress. We're actually um, going backwards. And that is a very, very powerful indicator to me that, uh, holy shit, we got to really do something big and different all over the place. And everyone's got to pitch in. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, this is, uh, I don't know, like... Uh, if I haven't uh, expressed the urgency enough, like I feel it every day. I'm just like, oh my god, we got to work. You, Jeremy, you're you're so, not alone. We we yeah, that's yeah. the reason why we created this too, and we wanted to broadcast this message. Go, go ahead, Kai. Yeah. Um. Well, I and this is where I'm I'm going to do a little plug. Me and a close friend of ours, Miss Faye Doni, ha- are are going to be meeting in the Harquahala Mountains in Arizona. It's a little bit southwest of Phoenix on Valentine's Day weekend. And on Valentine's Day, instead of celebrating love with fucking roses and flowers and bullshit that's destroying the planet, we're going to go on top of the mountain and we're going to set some fires. We're going to burn in effigy on paper and poetry and whatever and do whatever because it's Bureau of land management land okay blm land so the rule is do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> just don't garbage behind think so about that experience no and but, we're gonna be on top of the mountain somehow you know, for, and i'm trying to walk and i'm gonna make that goal damn it so we're talking about this so uh you know she's like you could you can name it whatever you want for what you're doing and i was like i want to do it rebirthing man so instead of burning man it's rebirthing man right and it's going to be a healing ritual to even show up is to say i am intentionally going to be a different version of myself as if a butterfly has finally decided to come out of the cocoon you know and i i As I've traveled, I've met some pagans and I've learned some healing rituals, you know, Um, I I learned it away from the uh, mystical because I think uh, with all the neurology uh, that I've learned um, rituals, there's a lot of psychology behind it. And it's just intention setting. You know, I said to somebody the other day, I was like, a ritual is just the first three words of a difficult conversation. You know, it's taking that moment to really address something and at least fucking get the ball rolling on it. And, you know, uh, also if other people want to show up, that'd be really cool. But I anticipate maybe only three people. Okay. And that's okay too. It's me taking the moment out of my life to intentionally add value to what I want to do and um, be a better version. And I'm about to like go on a huge quest. So this is like the beginning of that quest. Uh, I'm going to be, 
doing essentially a tour across the United States. So uh, that sounds amazing, Faye. Really amazing, and uh, big <laughs> up to you for that yeah. courage too. Jeremy, um, Faye is like a survivor. I don't know if you know this story, but like her, a truck broke down in the middle of like nowhere, Alabama, in like a place called like Fort Deposit with hardly any money, with hardly any anything. She like made friends there. She investigated what was going on with the money, while why the town was like collapsing. She got in touch with like the mayor. She got her truck fixed. So she's very, very resourceful, extremely resourceful person. That's yeah. amazing. The world, people from all over the world donated to making sure my truck got fixed, that I had somewhere to stay, that I was safe, and that I had food in my stomach. And like, and a lot of that comes to the Yang Gang. Like, shout out to the Yang Gang uh, and like people in my personal life. Um, but yeah, I actually want to get a universal basic income pilot started in Fort Deposit, Alabama. Uh, the mayor has not been as cooperative as I would desire. So you know what? Screw it. I'm going to hit it from every angle I can, including going on a giant ass journey to bring resources to this town, get myself recognized, bring attention to me so that, you know, people will be coming to me one day and so I don't have to do this hard search and like whatever but you know I want to be able to show that anybody can do it that anybody because I came from a small town I have no money I fall through every crack in the fucking system okay <laughs> and, and yeah, right? I, I want to show that it's fucking possible and if one person can do it you know what I'm replicatable I am a learnable skill it might take you a little while and m lots of learning curves, but it's not fucking impossible. I feel you. I feel you. Rock on. Uh, actually, so wait, what would you say is your quest? You say you're going to travel, and are you based in Arizona? Hey? Okay, so I've been traveling the country for two years. So um, um, my hometown is Washington State, and so my grandparents for a few decades uh, would collect tools to build schools, churches, and houses in other countries. And since they're up there in age, they want to unload all their tools. So I'm going to go up there, uh, obtain a moving truck, uh, grab all the tools in addition to other donations, like a friend of mine with terminal cancer wants to donate some supplies as well. And I'm going to use that as trade and barter and supplies to actually get real stuff to people. Um, you know, I'm not very good at, quote, uh, um, transformation magic, but other people can like transform tools into money to turn into food. I don't know how to do that. I do believe in my ability to manifest, though. Craigslist. Um, <laughs> yes. Well. Yeah. That, that's is that still going? <laughs> but I am oh, plugged yeah. from technology for a good while, so I'm actually playing catch up on just learning how to use a fucking computer. And people are like, "Wait, you don't know how to use this?" I'm like, "No." Wait, you've never seen this movie? No, I am just unplugged, man. And yeah. it helps with my mental health, you know? That is really, really cool. I love this. I, I feel like I can learn so much from you, Faye. Really, really cool. Faye we, I... we can have a talk on the side after this. Yeah, absolutely. In it's fact, like, I... I... Jeremy, because, like, in my life, I always saw myself as, like, an ambassador. I can get, like, two people with totally different, like kind of like backgrounds understand both of them and put them together and see what can happen with that it's like 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 i remember one time i was hosteling in chicago and i made a friend as a hostel mate 
and I made these other two friends as like uh, it, it like in the lobby, and then I introduced them to each other, and then they became so friendly with each other that they forgot about me. But then I reminded <laughs> them that I still existed. <laughs> but I love when that happens. It's so it's yeah. so much fun. <laughs> hey, it's, it's the power of connection. Uh, yeah, you know, like I think uh, just meeting people sometimes unlocks this entire world of possibilities. So uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I think the connectors in the world are some of the most important people to to bring about change and progress. Oh. So voila, Based there you are. Time, you identified uh, the the role that uh, our other Faye plays here. Um, sorry to rejoin you guys uh, midway. So I feel like I've missed a few things. Like I'm not sure who is JSM127. Oh, that's me. I, I was on a, a podcast here back in uh, what, November, I think. I'm um, I think my 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 th- username is U.S. Politics 2024 on on Twitter. Now I changed it from 2024. <laughs> Okay, very nice. Thank you for rejoining us today. Yep. And um, I see that we have Refluence with us. Um, can you tell me a little bit more, since I'm uh, joining late again, uh, can you tell me a little bit more about Leyline and, uh, you know, how people can use that for their best, uh, you know, for, for how, how can we use it in our lives? Hey, Faye. Uh, it, it's good to meet you. Uh, un- unfortunately, uh, I was uh, instructed by my team to be very careful about what I could talk about because Leyline's a nonprofit. We're 501c3 uh, pending. So we're not technically allowed to like affiliate with any kind of political uh, outlets, etc. So I have to just be very careful about what I can say. Um, so I believe what I can say is that we are a nonprofit focused on uh, trying to address some major major issues, which includes extreme poverty, climate change, but also individual wellness and community activity. So what we're trying to just do is build this incentive model that uh, will basically make doing good in the world easy, fun, and profitable. And it's working. So that's a cool thing, and we got a lot of work to do. But uh, yeah, we're we're. Uh, I think we could make a big impact. I've I've a lot of optimism, and from what I'm seeing and uh, the momentum we got so far, it, it's uh, it's really looking good. Uh, and to give a bit of background, you know, doing, sorry, what you're doing right now is building it, or it's already in use. People are it's, already using uh, it. It's kind of this like fascinating project where the community is directly involved in building it. So Ariel is uh, uh, one of our community members who invited me over to, to this discussion because he felt uh, it's, you know, there's a lot to share. And uh, I, I would love to talk about this offline. What about how did, how do you become a community member that can be trusted with, uh, you know, helping out? Uh, yeah, well, we got a great Discord community, uh, which uh, I'm happy to, you know, connect you guys to. And our website is leyline.gg if you want to learn more. And, you know, I've actually done uh, quite a few podcasts and interviews, including one with Paget. Um, so you, you, I don't know if you guys are fans of hers or friends, but uh, it was a really great conversation. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and feel free to connect with me. I'm also on Twitter, probably connected to a lot of you because you probably all have blue hats. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm probably, we, uh, we I don't know. We out blue hats at some point. Um, yeah, exactly. But, you know, we're not, Jeremy. we're not actually very political in, in the sense that we don't really take sides on our podcast. So we call ourselves Yang Gang because we met through the Andrew Yang campaign. But 
pretty much uh you know we we have people spanning we have have very quite conservative people with us and people who are uh, like you guys were talking about the word progressive before I came in. And uh, so uh, we have people who of all different political persuasions that we connect here. And we don't really, we don't really uh, like do a lot of politicking other than saying, let's out, let's go to vote, you know, like very general things. Let's out, go out and to vote. Let's call our senators. Let's call our, you know, we just, we just ask for action, but we don't necessarily, you know, promote a particular candidate. But we have uh, hosted a lot of talks with candidates. So if you see one in our schedule in the future, you are welcome to come back if you wanted to, to meet somebody. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's wonderful. And yeah, I agree. I, I love the, the approach you guys take, uh, which I think is quite common in, in this, kind of, this, uh, this movement, uh, which is relatively apolitical. It's about like, hey, these are massive systemic problems that we got to fix. And that was what was unique to me with, with that campaign is that it wasn't about rhetoric or this ideological spectrum. It's like, oh my God, here are the numbers and we got a crisis and here's the most effective solution. Like it was literally just that. Um, and, and a, you know, that, you, you sprinkle on are. like empathy and love and boom, there you go. That's Yang yeah. Gang. <laughs> that, that's, you just described our podcast. That's mm. it. It's 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 if, if it's if it's like the, the politics is just really the backdrop. But the real thing is just these problems are ridiculous that they, they're solvable. And let's stop getting caught in the culture war so much. Right. That's I that's describe kinda... our podcast. What I normally say to people is we are a think tank of people from all walks of life, from all over the world, trying to find actionable solutions to heal our country on a systematic level. Right. It doesn't talk about politics. It doesn't isolate to any particular region or anything. I'm just like, we want to solve the problems. That is wonderful. I love Ray it. And, and I... that's why, you know, I'm happy to be here. I, I love this spirit. It's uh, it's very, very pervasive across this uh, community. So uh, I totally, totally feel it. <clears throat> so do you Ray want more have... people to join your community? Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, going to yeah. let Kaizen continue. Which yeah, is... I would say big time. We are, we're planning to go very big. Uh, and we've got some massive partnerships and uh activations we're about to get in and to me it's like this is really a product for the whole world yeah we are focused on gamers because it's a very easy um uh behavioral profile that like would get all this stuff like digital currencies and gamification stuff like that but honestly we just want to eradicate poverty which means we want everybody on this platform getting value for doing good things um you mean like single moms (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah absolutely i mean I, you know for me i i totally adhere to you know valuing people correctly in the economy and you know specifically uh parents caretakers teachers uh musicians artists uh we are you know my goal is to create a fantastic ecosystem that rewards those amazing qualities in humans and again like very much inspired by how yang calls that out a lot um, and I think we can build a system that will reward it very directly. So that's something I'm very excited about. I think we could solve that. Yeah, I, I think we're ultimately future. I think um, we're ultimately more excited by Yang the human than Yang the politician. Hi, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I want to let you say what you were trying to talk about. Oh, I was going to say to Jeremy, well, Faye and I have decided that we're going to go out and save the world. We, we're going to do it one person at a time, but we're going to do it. 
That's how it happens, one at a time. I so, think you're yeah. you're on the right path. I, I, I awesome. really like that refluence that like you're walking around and like uh, you're you're showing the garden and the outside and stuff like that. Like in the city, I hardly get to see like these trees and these views and stuff. So I'm, I'm glad to have you on. Uh, you fit, uh, like Kaizen, you have uh, uh, yeah. I see he 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 wants to say that. Yeah, that's cool. I don't want to interrupt, but I just want to say that right there. <laughs> Hi. Uh, Hi. My name's Dave, um, and some decades ago, I started a business project that, uh, um, well, it's tipjar.com, and it's completely stalled. And the uh, vision there uh, is um, ledgers for everybody. And I intend to reach out to uh, leyline.gg uh, with some sort of proposal uh, in some sort of proposal for working. I would love that. And uh, I would love, to, I, I will talk to anybody. And to me, the, the way I try to set everything up is always a win-win. And uh, yeah, let's, let's totally chat. I would love to we, connect. All, all right. All right. I, I, I've got. Uh, Can we come visit you in LA? Of course. Yeah. He's in Orange County. For my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I always love the. That's fantastic. I, I always like enjoyed the uh, the hangouts. Uh, I know like that uh, one moment uh, before the campaign ended, we were all in Vegas uh, hanging out. That was a that was a great time. Uh, hopefully, we uh, at least I are getting somebody nodding over vaccinated. there. <laughs> Did was Hannah there? <laughs> Hannah's nodding. <laughs> Wait, you. I didn't see you. I don't think it was. Uh, Oh, you were in Vegas, dude? Um, I don't know. Helping There's a lot of people there. Yeah. There's a lot of people in Vegas helping. That's yeah. Funny. Uh, it's funny. Probably maybe. You also. Yeah. But, it, but it's like, what? why do we feel that we, we only have the right to be happy and creative and having fun and hanging out together when there's a campaign going on? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think that's, that's the thing. It's like, it's like, can't we just like be that way just by default because like we're awesome and we have great ideas, whether Yanger existed or he didn't? It's well, people have proposed a Yang con that could happen independent of uh, any oh, yeah. particular Yang action. One would hope Yang himself would go and, sit, and endorse, man. but you know, rebirthing yeah, man. I was about to say, I would have been. And if you can't come uh, with us, climb the highest mountain near you or hill. Yeah, I wouldn't mind uh, visiting an alternate reality at Reburning Man or, or sorry, Rebirthing Man. Rebirthing Man. did you already know Jeremy before the podcast? I was just saying, if it was more technological, it would be Rebooting Man. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, so Hannah, Hannah, who hosts that one, Ariel, sure, rebooting man, <laughs> up on the mountaintop on Valentine's Day. Invite all your friends. Something. We'll see who shows up. It's a, it's a great. Time so I have a question. Which is, uh, does does uh, did Hannah already know Jeremy too before this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we hung out. Uh, we met at Vegas actually during uh, the campaign. I forget which event. Um, but yeah, we were at Caesars, I think. <laughs> yeah, first yeah, I was hanging out with Qua and, and you were one of his friends that were there. Yeah. And then we hung out in Vegas and then LA briefly. Yeah. Cause there's a bunch of events. I think David Kim's event as well. So yeah, we got a lot of connections uh, back mm -hmm. in the past. 
and Ariel, uh, you know, has been a part of the Leyline community and it's like, uh, yeah, he's a good yeah. dude and invited me over. <laughs> yeah, that's cool because, because oh, um, he had his interview with Paget like two days after I had my interview. Unfortunately, mine is unlisted for some reason. I don't know why. Whatever. Well, but I still apparently have a copy she unlisted of it. a lot of she unlisted <laughs> a lot of them. She, yours is not unique, so she's she's unlisted many many uh, interviews. So she may just be organizing. You know, yeah, organizing. Yeah. Or or if you said keywords like you know. Uh, I can't say it, but C19, uh, actually mm-hmm. YouTube starts to flag them. And so a lot of people have to take down videos because it gets flagged by YouTube. Uh, I oh, think because they're trying to like cut down on misinformation. So they basically, you know, flag anything that says like literally those, those words. What's that? No, you know, the, the pandemic, you know, the, oh. the virus. If you say the virus like full name. What I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's a mis- but 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 I but I have a I have a mirror on my YouTube channel, so there's that, and it's still mm-hmm. okay. So yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I'd love to um, find out uh, more about if we were actually part of the community, right? Then what what does that entail right now? What do we do? Mm-hmm. We just we go to the website and we sign up, and then we have to join the Discord server. Yeah, and then uh, I'd say then what happens. Uh, so yeah, we're in this like exclusive uh, friends and family alpha test phase uh, where we have a very, very rough proof of concept. And so, uh, you know, normally in kind of the games industry, it goes through like alpha, beta, uh, closed beta, open beta, and then you finally launch live. And so it's the early participants that help give a lot of feedback. And, you know, they're the most passionate people that care about the mission. And so they're kind of helping to, to design and test it out and say, oh, here's a bunch of bugs here. Or here's a few things that I think would would be better. And that's beautiful um, practice because it makes people feel engaged and have a sense of ownership and stake on what's being built. And to have direct access to the developers, you could basically help influence the future uh, of what the product and service looks like. And so, you know, I think that's a very powerful way of doing development where it's like very community driven, very transparent, and you're holding yourself accountable to the people that are, are using your product. And I think the beauty of that is that when when you join like a big fat corporation and you're just a number, it gets kind of like it, it's not what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you don't feel that you have some kind of connection when you're just a number somewhere, but it's like, hey. I knew this thing when it started. I was there with all you guys. And then, and then, but when you start on a ground floor, it's a really, really different experience that you could say like, you were one of the pioneers and, and that's, that's great. And, Mm. and if you, you, alpha testing, one more thing and then I'll be quiet. Alpha testing is kind of like, you can think about it like the bones and then beta is like the meat on those bones and then everything else is like the skin so we're like at that bones kind of stage yeah all right yeah ariel you're talking about the concept of social investiture and social ownership you know uh we're so alienated yeah well yeah if sheridan were here um we're so alienated by most of our social systems right now that we don't feel like we're active participants in them, much less owners or stewards of them. So we're hungry to create something we have an ownership of, uh, some personal stake in that is somewhat an expression of ourselves and we have a personal understanding of. Uh, it's, it's human nature and we've been deprived it because we've not been able to really make our own communities. We've been, you know, yeah. just in, pushed into poverty and atomized and into is, little and- tiny fractious communities. 
Right, right, and that and that's the whole um, idea of why I love the 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 thing of UBI. Because look, let's just say, let's just pretend if I were a millionaire, I I I don't just want to consume because it leaves me empty inside. I want to create. It's like a like sure, like if I could afford like a big fat like I don't know centerpiece or a chandelier or something made out of gold. I'd give that up in a heartbeat if I could just create something that's awesome, you know, and that people like and stuff like that. So, so, um, you, you can't, but everybody assumes that people just want to mindlessly consume and like just eat, eat and just buy when we want, I want to use like extra money or a million dollars so I can make something awesome and amazing that people would look at and say like, wow, that's cool. It would give me so much more fulfillment than just going on a shopping spree. That's it. So Ariel and well, everybody. Um, so here, here's an insight that I just received, which is that when Elon Musk passed Jeff Bezos to me, that represents that shift from scarcity because Bezos's empire is all about gather, 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 get it easy, get it fast. You don't have to worry about it. It's going to be right there, right? Well, you can see minute by minute where your package is. Calm down. It's coming, right? If you have the dollar signs, you can get whatever you want delivered to your doorstep. And, and Elon's empire is not about any of that at all. It's about enabling us to get from point A to point B as economically as possible so we can blow off this rock and go see what else is out there because we know it's possible. There's definitely something about that leadership style, which is, I think, very key, which is giving a very clear purpose and mission. And that, I think, is, is a key separator, which is the mission behind Elon's companies is solve the climate crisis, make humanity a multi-planetary species, eliminate like annoying ass traffic. <laughs> like these are things people can really rally behind and say, yeah, you know what? That is a problem I want to solve. Not like, hey, I want to make sure that we sell as much like bullshit to people, like stuff that they're not going to use anyway. Um, that is a very different optimization uh, or rather the purpose is, is very different. And so I think as a result, people flock to Elon because they see that there's this vision. And that's the thing about purpose is that it brings the best talent, but the best mind, the best minds unlocks this creativity because people Amen. have passion. Yeah. And I kind of think that the reason that he leapt ahead is because enough very wealthy people got scared that like true civil war was getting ready to break out and that they were going to lose their heads at the guillotine. So they were buying tickets on his spacecraft. <laughs> Seriously, like, they were buying the tickets up like mad. They want uh, off this rock because they know their day is coming. <laughs> I, I see, Shale, you're, you, you get it. You feel it, too. there's a there's some truth to that for sure uh yeah i I studied them a lot you know like as as an entrepreneur myself i feel like you know you got to study the most successful people 
And I, I actually really appreciate a number of things. One is that he uses very, very strong scientific principles and first principles. So all the way down to like understanding the laws of physics and then building a reality from that layer. Whereas most of the time we reason by analogy, he's basically saying, okay, got it. What's the most basic thing we could do to set up a car? It's like, do we really need this giant combustible engine in the front? It's like, no, let's just do a flat bed of batteries, which lowers the center of gravity. And you can stack on any like frame that you want on top of that. That's just totally rethinking, whereas most people would be like, oh, how do we like plug a battery into the engine you know, space here? So there, there's something super interesting about his approach to problem solving, which then becomes pervasive throughout the organization. So I think that's where you're seeing this like incredible amount of innovation all the time because that entire culture you know, acts and, and thinks that way. So very, very powerful uh, leadership elements at play. And uh, so, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's pretty so cool. Jeremy... I just signed in, okay, to leyline.gg. Ah, yes. And it says you're on our very special wait list. That there are is only 1,138 people ahead of you. John, Faye, before <laughs> you did that, like, it, am, I, am I losing out here, Jeremy, because I didn't get her through the invite link? So, uh, no, we could actually correct that very quickly. So, nice. uh, yeah, let's talk offline. I can, I can hook up with okay. you guys up pretty okay. easily. <laughs> I just wanted to know, like, nice what, if our listeners, if our listeners hear you talk about this, all right, that they might be interested in joining you and yeah. I don't know if that's I, they're allowed to do or no. So I, I'm not really when to you say join. all this stuff, but yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so currently when you join, you're just like in a queue of people just sitting. Correct. Okay, so it's yeah. very interesting. Uh, so yeah, you know, um, as part of like the, you know, close friends and family alpha, I kind of think of it as, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, were participants in like the original Gmail beta, but that was like a very fascinating time where, you know, people were just like paying $100 for an invite to Gmail on eBay. Um, so we're kind of creating a little bit that like, you know, uh, scarcity and this idea that, hey, this is an exclusive thing because we give a lot of great perks. Uh, you will be getting cash value out of this thing. Mm. Um, but, it, you know, it's kind of that rollout strategy of like, hey, the way Facebook started, you know, it was exclusive collegiate network and it go, went campus by campus before it became a public um, um, product. So we're kind of going in that direction where, um, and also because it's still a very rough and early product, we don't want to open up the floodgates and, you know, like our stuff falls apart or people are like, what is this piece of crap? You know, like we want to re- really keep it focused so that way we can have very uh, deep and authentic conversations with our testers and community and really listen to their feedback and demonstrate, hey, we can make these improvements every single day. Uh, so it's kind of training us to be, uh, you know, better developers and then making sure we can keep good quality and at, a, at the right pace and scale accordingly. So that, that's kind of the, the, the logistics around it. I know you've, you've been instructed not to say certain things, but I think, in, uh, you know, if I can see it online, then we can talk about it because, you know, this would be if anybody came to the website, just like I'm doing now. That um, is true. I just go ahead. I, I went ahead and I, uh, I signed up and it says that I have a zero balance. 
Now, what is this balance going to mean in the future? Or does, is that something we don't know about? Wow, Faye, you are really interested. What does it mean, a balance? Incredible. Very well done. No, I shouldn't. <laughs> uh, I, I could I'm go into the have a donation page. If you want I'll to go talk to about detail. donation page. Okay. I mean, it's one possible to think about, uh, about it since he's a volunteer. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ariel uh, can probably talk yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, I, you, you, <laughs> you didn't find some sort of non-disclosure? <laughs> I'm gonna... Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. So, it, no, I'm getting... So, Jeremy, it's fine that I talk about it, like, what, what we're kind of, like, doing in there right now? or I would like, I would is... imagine so, because I'm just a guest here, and I'm just observing you guys have a conversation. So, you know, I'm not going to okay. stop you from... So, yeah, you're yeah. an independent yeah. right? It's, it's like the First Amendment. Right. Okay, okay. Special, special sneak peek into this. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of like creating excitement for the whole thing, so I'm down. And 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 Faye, um, I, I no, I started in the same way, but I just kept on like bothering Jeremy in Discord enough times until he <laughs> finally got me in. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I hope I didn't bother you too much, but yeah. So so what happened is that um, uh, basically like there are ways to earn points. It has to do with like your mental health and stuff. And uh, basically, there's like a daily exercise that gets you some. There's like a um, what was the other one? We we just added like sleep. And each time you do these daily activities, it's based on an honor system. And uh, you just click a button. And what, and, and the, the biggest thing we're doing right now is like donating computer power to things like uh, cancer research and mapping some kind of things, finding cures to like diseases. Uh, uh, like that, that's what I can say for now. And then the more of these points that you rack up, you can reclaim them for actual money in the form of gift cards and discounts and stuff like that so i hope i hope it's okay <laughs> so without having cool. without going into without going uh you know uh without all of us having signed on to the community to help can we maybe all uh contribute an idea or two about things that are healthy for us that in the future may gain points that for for this balance because I would like to uh, suggest maybe uh, giving points for doing some kind of uh, diet-related thing, for example, mm. an intermittent fast or something like that. Yeah, I, I love that. And absolutely. I think we, we'd love to have ideas from all over the place. And, you know, I would say in general, uh, I would love for us to be able to build these networks of nonprofits, NGOs, communities that uh, are interested in creating positive outcomes and ideally we just stitched all together by a common economy and so if i have been scouting these nonprofits you talk about or helps build them uh well, well how could i help you just talk to you and yeah absolutely okay we will like, talk I to mean, everybody this podcast does a lot of that anyway we are kind of like a weird hub that um everybody can come to and you can still contribute and come back later at a later point if possible you know but i mean i've been working directly with teams of people from all across the united states and uh, the world really um and i've been uh learning from uh different cultures even just how to contribute and what they found and i've been doing a lot of on the ground level um research as well uh you know when i was in um north carolina oh. I, I found this um uh 
place where they donated vehicles and mechanics would donate their time and then people who couldn't afford vehicles could get vehicles you know maybe a single mother blah 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 and then they don't have to and then they don't have to worry about uh, repossession of that vehicle kind of stuff like this you know um and then i could replicate that in a different state like alabama where i see a whole um bunch of vehicles that the the owner um is like well i don't actually want them there they're repossessed vehicles i'm like but you're not near any services the people who need those services uh, can't even get to them because their vehicles been repossessed and now they can't even work. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a broken cycle, but if I know these things, I can, you know, um, do something about it. That would be fantastic. And, and, you know, I think that's the key. It's like, how do we connect all of these needs and opportunities and the people that are working right. on it and, and empower those people? That's, that's definitely the play. Uh, so yeah, and, and, we should definitely and, talk. <laughs> and, and, and also like fill the holes that all of our regular institutions like aren't filling. I mean, damn. Remember when Biden was like, Georgia, I need you guys to vote in Ossoff and Warnock to get the 2000. We did it. Where is it? Come on. <laughs> like, let's go. Let's go. Let's, you know, do something. You know, it's just they're so slow and incompetent sometimes. <laughs> they don't keep their promises. Yeah. So and, Kyle, well, you know, I, I think. think- uh, I also Please, see that. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I was I was still sort of uh, in the process of trying to understand what you're doing. And one of the things I'm seeing here is that you guys um, in the redeem section of the website, uh, a lot of these are gift cards that uh, represent different types of games or gaming companies. Are, is this because uh, you have actually signed up some of these different organizations, uh, different corporations, to, or is it just a mock up? Uh- We've got uh, quite a number of partners already signed on, so, and uh, so these are actual yeah. partners you you've talked to, yeah. And and of course, some of these, I guess, I would be like people that you have naturally um, connections to because of the industry you were in before as a developer. Yeah, so I, would, I would say it so. I think. Became- Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a it's a big part of it is my my history throughout the games industry. I was able to play a lot of different roles. So I started off as producer, product manager, building our you know tech platforms. Um, I moved out to uh, Paris for three years to work on digital marketing and publishing. Um, moved back to Irvine to do esports and business development, and international operations. So I ended up making just a ton of connections, like whether it was like just talent and developers and marketers or brands and other businesses that were really partnering up for this ecosystem. And so what I did is it just like hit up that Rolodex. It was like, hey, listen, help me out. <laughs> I'm trying to do something here. Um, and uh, it worked, you know, like, you know, obviously plenty of misses. And I've had to pitch probably a couple hundred times at this point. Uh, but, you know, it's just a volume game. Eventually someone's going to be yeah. like, yeah, OK, let's do this. And, and uh, that's just the nature of sales and yeah, yeah. convincing because, because that that's something that that we need to look into because a lot of people maybe they're not comfortable uh being a salesman or they're not comfortable kind of like uh networking and stuff like that but they have so much intelligence and talent and i think like i i can i can reach out to those people because I mean, I've I've been I've been a part of a lot of like corporate or other kind of like sales situations, and it kind of seemed like a frat house to me. And I'm not really comfortable with this kind of like frat house kind of like sell 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 mentality. <laughs> 
So, you same. know, and, and, and same. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, but, but I do have a lot of ideas and originality and stuff like that. I, I, but so that's why I think I can work better when someone's speaking to me in a kind of better way. And I know how to speak to those other people who feel the same that are not of that mentality. I just need someone with the contacts. And that's why I'm so glad that I'm a part of this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. I really love it. And, and there's something so, to be said about uh, salesmanship as a skill. Because, uh, you know, there's like the whole sleazy salesman stereotype, but really the essence of it is understanding what a person is needing and what they want. And for you to help communicate and bring that together and say, hey, here's the solution to your specific need. That is really the essence. Right. Yeah. And so you need a lot of empathy. That's where, just- and that's where that's where political organizing uh, is, is what we also need to um, do that salesmanship is learning what people really um, how how they are aligned with us so that, you know, what we're trying to accomplish is actually beneficial to them as well. And that's the, that's the explanation we need to always be giving. Absolutely. Um, So actually I was wondering, are you also still looking for donations? Cause I went to the donate page, right. And I see that you're looking, you have a GoFundMe up with a $500,000 goal. Is that for something else? Uh, No, that that is that. Yeah, that is absolutely it. So, um, Man, how much can I say here? I would I would simply say yes, but there's a lot more context that I can talk about offline. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah, it, it is a nonprofit. Wow. It is a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if uh, somebody wanted to contribute to you, they could go there and do that. <laughs> that is that is a true statement. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> Uh, yes, with 501c3 uh, organizations, it is a tax. They they accept the tax with uh, exempt receipts, uh, and they can also backdate it if they're pending status. Uh, so it just so happens that Leyline is pending 501c3 status. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow, this is so a weird dance of uh, words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've never had to do this with any of our guests, I don't think. <laughs> this is for any time <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my well, team is like about, freaking out right it's now. It's nice but. to learn. It's nice to. Wow. Learn. It, it, I like it because it seems that like we're more official now. So this, mm. is, this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. We're getting people uh, with secrets. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, I think like you know to, to your point earlier, uh, Faye and uh, Kai, it's you just got to go one by one. We can change the world one step at a time, and, and that to me is the key. It's like I just love to connect to people and share these powerful ideas and some people or what i've found is that it resonates people want to have this positive impact they want to change the world they just don't have a good pathway to do it and that's what we're trying to create as a pathway for people to solve problems there is something called good dollar that uh it's a it's a cryptocurrency you've heard of it okay good i was gonna say um it seems like you might want to be connected with the people doing that. You might have some common ground. You might be able to work together. So I'm glad. And obviously you yeah. can't really talk about the details of that, but I see you nodding. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, well, you know, I think this, this is a beautiful thing about the, the blockchain and crypto space is that yeah. it's very much about uh, decentralizing power because really yeah. it's all consolidated into like government or, you know, all these uh, – giant tech companies that are consolidating it. And this, it, there's this movement towards just what they call decentralization. Oh, there you go. Good job, Hannah. <laughs> you got to invest in the future. 
Oh, oh, I missed yeah. it. I missed what? the. What what's, did we do? What? Some. I missed that. Uh, it's, the, that? it's a Bitcoin balance. Is okay. That oh yeah, no, oh, that's correctly. good. Dollar. That's oh, good. Dollar. Oh, good dollar. Nice. Very nice. Sorry. Very nice. <laughs> good. Uh, good. Okay. Yeah, and and actually, so, what happens with these new technologies is that it can actually create abundance in and of itself. So that's where how good dollar functions, and that's how we get to function. Is that we can build these new types of business models that just create value uh, for everybody. Versus like it becomes a positive sum game versus a zero sum game. So in, in my eyes, all these organizations like Good Dollar, like Leyline, and all these other kind of benefits programs, we should all just like come together. And that to me, that connection is what's going to bring about this universal basic income because there's all these different programs you can participate in with almost like zero cost, and you just reap the benefit for doing good things. So that's the that's the path that we're starting start, to build now. Right. People are going to start to understand that um, that the money doesn't have to always be controlled and minted by the government. That you are creating your own and you can trade again um, directly right. without the without the other. I I uh, think because, because we're we're so programmed when we go through life, whether through it's our family and our schools, to constantly be waiting for permission. And when 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 you're like when you're kind of done with school. And when, when you, when you think you're, 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 you're an adult, but your whole life, it, it was always like, wait to do this. This is, this is your permission to do that. And it's like, we don't, we, we got to learn how to create on, on our own, like be our own leaders, be our own creators. And, and that's, that's not there because we're so used to this top down model of like being told what to do. And some people have so much talent and energy but they just don't know where to put it. It's not that they're lazy. It's they, they don't have the instructions and they don't have the kind of guidance that they need to make something of the energy and the talent that they have, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so we have a sense of belonging. So we end up having workplace tribe. We end up having an after workplace tribe, whether it's our family and our children and our marriage and or our relationship or the group of people that you hang out in the coffee house with, or the bar, or the gym, you know, and then we have the interior space. And what are you feeling that interior space with? And what I hear Jeremy saying, what I've said meant for years, and what we've all, who've been inspired by Andrew Yang and what he's brought into this world suddenly, that seems surprisingly out of nowhere mm. to me represent... very... go ahead oh sorry uh you know i think uh, you're really on point there particularly even with the tribes and you know kind of the whole nation level tribe where we're stuck at right now i do think this path to decentralization is how we actually create the the earth tribe uh, because mm-hmm. like money is actually the most powerful story we've ever created. It's just a story that we all like just believe in universally. And it's the best and... story. <laughs> it, it's, yes. it's literally the story of abundance because money can be limitless. It can be. We've just cho- chosen to believe that inflation is real. And inflation is only a reflection I, I like of to say. The, the value of the resources yeah. that you're getting. The only, the only inflation yeah, I see 
is the inflation of the already overinflated egos of the leaders that we have. Go check. That's it. That that are telling us all these bad stories. <laughs> their 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 egos are overinflated because we can't have a UBI. It's just their egos that think that we can't. Well, so and then so I want to go back to what I was trying to say before, before Jeremy took this, this the mic for a second. But so and I've I've had private conversations with Reverend Wendy, who's going to be our guest here in a couple of weeks um, on on this time time slot, general time slot. That um, you know, this is a movement of the spirit, and in a lot of true believers in the community of faith, that this is the second coming. What's happening right now? This discussion itself, and this movement that we're all in, is the manifestation of two thousand years of struggle, and and the tipping point was reached several years ago, and in fact, in twenty twelve, when Occupy happened. So this has been a while coming. What Occupy did was tell us where we were broken as progressive thinking people, where we needed to focus our energies, and where the mechanisms were in our current system that we could capitalize on. I'm going to reclaim that word. We capitalized on the areas like non profits like churches, like super PACs, not political action committees, super PACs. They're big money laundering devices. They're designed to bring dollars in and put dollars out. It does not have to be for politics, though a lot of dollars go out that way. It can be literally for living, for getting on a yacht, for taking a vacation. There is your super there is your UBI. Dump it all in a super PAC and have that be your mechanism. And Andrew Yang saw that and capitalized on it himself and reclaimed the words so that we can move from scarcity, which is market economy, into abundance, which is communism. <laughs> and you know, just, I, you know, I think uh, um, there, there's something also about even moving past these ideological frameworks and just reinventing uh, elements of our society. Not like completely, of course, but we just need an upgrade. Like our operating system is like 200 years old. Like, I mean, does anybody use like Windows 97 right now? It's like, let's just freaking upgrade. (laughs) It's like... Is the the youngest from uh what what what's her name nancy pelosi and mitch mcconnell are both older than joe biden joe biden might be the oldest president that we've ever had what what is this what is this these some of these people use a gmail account they 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 have their their aides do it they have their staffers do it this is pathetic this is the juritocracy we can do and i don't I don't want to demean anybody, but come on, lizard people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think it's just also like an age gap, for example. It's like, would you imagine hiring a 70-year-old CEO? Like, that would just not fly. Because, you know, not to say, not to have ageism, but realistically, your mental function degrades over time. And also your ability to understand the rate of technology and what's changed over time, too. You just fall in behind. 
So with exponential growth in technology and really old people, you have a recipe for disaster yeah. where people well, just don't yeah. know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. <laughs> chime in here. Yeah. I want to chime in here. I unplugged for like a solid year pretty close, right? But probably closer yeah. to two years I haven't been, well, in for two years I haven't been in a home. So I'm not around technology as it evolves. I was like, the Xbox is on what number now? That game's on what number now? Like, I couldn't even keep up. I was like, what is this even? What, how many Final Fantasy games are there now? You know, and, and so for me, it's like all the numbers have just like gone through a time warp. And, and I'm like, I don't even know how to use editing software anymore. I don't know how to like... What what microphone do I need? Is that a thing I need? You know, and, and it's just even if you unplug for just a minute, you fall behind. Imagine if you weren't even born in it. You know, my grandma. Oh my, I love my grandma. My grandma and my mom are trying to do this. Um, every Sunday they do a Bible study together. You know, and and they finally got their little mic, and they, they look so cute when they're doing it too. You know, <laughs> but but my grandma's always like, "Can you help me with my computer?" Can you help me with my phone? I broke it again. You know, like she she doesn't Thank understand you. technology, but oh man, she's putting the effort in and because she finally has a place to have a social outlet, which she never did before. My grandfather, he's quite the social butterfly. Okay. So he's off having all these other conversations and she's just like, I need my own circle of friends. And now that she has technology, she has that ability. But my grandfather just got a flip phone, maybe like two years ago, only because the doctor was like, you need a phone. Okay. And, <laughs> and so he's like super behind in technology. And, and it's just like a huge disconnect. And, and that's yeah. happening everywhere. And if you were in a, a, the countryside where you don't even have Wi-Fi, you might as well live in a bunker these days. Okay. You're just so disconnected from reality and you're going to have culture shock. Okay, and that in itself can be pretty traumatic because you don't even know what's going on in the world no more. And That's I grew right. up in a small yes. town that the didn't have is... Wi-Fi. Yeah. They do. They really do. They know technology better than my friends that are like 10 years older than me or 15 years older than me that are in their early 60s. Yeah, and I think that's grew up in tech. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the people that are in charge of our safety and well-being, if they don't even understand the user interface, let alone the algorithms that are uh, taking place and manipulating us, that's a really bad situation. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen The Social Dilemma um, on Netflix. Uh, but that was the shit that I saw firsthand. Like I was working with these tech companies and literally I was just like, why don't we have a code of ethics on marketing right now? <laughs> like this is scary shit. What, uh, there what used to be, to there used to be. Yeah. And there is. I, I keep having to mute you cause you have a persistent background noise and then I keep missing the beginning of what you're saying. So Please. Oh, that's, that's um, on my side? No, 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 not you. Kaizen, Kaizen. Oh. Uh, sorry. It's just like, yeah, it, it keeps, you have very loud, like, wind and stuff in the background periodically. So just mute yourself when you're not talking and then, like, re and then unmute yourself when you are talking, please. Or, or turn on noise suppression. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Okay. I wanted uh, no to problem. actually say that, um, one of the problems that, uh, I see in terms of the technology is that, uh, the most conservative, um, technolo technology users, are, are the industries where it's very essential 
okay, that the technology stays working. So they don't want to be upgrading constantly. And the second reason is uh, when they have to interface with the rest of the world because the world is very large. So, for example, the travel industry has continued to be using the same technology they've been using probably since the 1950s or 60s. And it just, uh, they just never really upgrade fully. They can upgrade sort of uh, new, you can build things on top of what existed. It's very difficult to go drill down to the bottom and re- redo everything because then you would have to get, you know, people in Kenya on board. You have to get people in, uh, in uh, places where they don't have uh, internet sometimes <laughs> back <laughs> on board. And so it's just, uh, you know, there's, there's places where they're still using paper tickets for things. And so the more, um, like the more, and then, for any of these processes to, um, you know, if the, the transportation system were to go down, that would be really difficult. And so there's a lot of um, a lot of what's happening now is that uh, the technology is developing so fast, but not only are people not able to keep up with it, there's this sort of, um, you know, the bureaucracies not, that handle essential, really essential processes can't right. and, uh, upgrade themselves. And not only the social dilemma, Jeremy, but the great hack, too. It talks about like doing it only for uh, political purposes. And you know what's funny? The, 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 the lady who was tinkering with the algorithms so more people would see like Trump-based things was working for Obama before. So then they said, you were a big Obama supporter. Why did you change to Trump? And help him with all these things and do all these things with Cambridge Analytica, work with Cambridge Analytica. Well, she said the Obama, the when when I was I was a volunteer for Obama, but hey, I gotta pay my bills, and Trump's team was paying people. UBI, you can't do this anymore. You can't just say volunteer, be a political, work for us, and we'll give you absolutely nothing. They're going to go to the dark side because the dark side is paying them. I'm not I'm not against like conservatives and Trump, but they're just going to do it's it's like wh- wh- why th- they, people are just going to throw their morals and their beliefs in the trash. If they can't afford to pay the rent, they're going to go to the people that are going to be paying them. It, it, it stop U- UBI, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that, that's um, a great point. Another We've actually talked to somebody very recently who is um, doing something called I Need Food dot live, and um, he's wanting to find people to help him do the development. So, is mm. this something where we could like maybe uh, find out from you what is the best way to start? Uh, what do you think he should do in order to get? Uh, um, yeah, right I mean, I, w- I would love to uh, just have a conversation because I think um, there's a lot of opportunity when it comes to the network we have access to. Uh, so one of my other gigs at Blizzard actually is uh, with TESPA, which is our collegiate organization. So I have a pretty wide network of about a uh, thousand high schools and a few hundred colleges uh, across North America. And my hope is to really activate and give opportunities to students to get hands-on experience building stuff and working with mentors and industry veterans. So yeah, I've got a lot of tech capability in my network. So happy to talk to people uh, that are trying to do good things. Yeah. And need, you know, so I think Faye, Faye is the person that's going to get you connected with um, our friend, uh, and who who is working on his uh, app? And uh, so I think that's yeah, that's the person you're gonna get the information through later. This okay. is fantastic! I'm super excited about this, guys. Like yeah. it's the whole network effect, right? We're you know helping. <laughs> there, there you go. There good. you go. 
and 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 that this is the beauty of it look i think i think discord is wonderful because like there there are no mean tweets there are no attacks like we've had we've had this whole conversation without like cussing each other or or having our political beliefs fire us up and hit us in our amygdalas and have us attack one another it's possible we just we just got to do it yeah long form content the size as well. of the community is it because uh, of the size of the community is more limited yeah, in the in the I, discord I think, space yeah that's it and and long term con, con convos because long no long form content what jeremy said because then then we can like iron out all the things that we disagree on when when a tweet is only like 150 characters or less how the hell are we gonna get in debt you know there's the breadth of the subject and there's the depth of a subject. So much of our soundbite culture is focused on little tidbits here and there, like breath, like like a lot of tons of subjects hitting you quick. But this is depth. And depth is so important because then you can go like more of a scientist. You can see more meticulously. You can do more research as just see everything as like, like on the surface where you're you're not really gonna know unless you take a deep dive, you yeah. know. <laughs> and a, and a scope and complexity of our systems is just getting larger and more sophisticated over time. So in order to even understand things, you need even deeper conversations. So it's like this like bifurcation uh, <laughs> happening where it's like our attention spans are like this, and our complexity is like that. So we're literally you know getting informed at this level is kind of rough. Be for disaster. Mm. Yeah, that's why I, I think like... you know, podcasts and long-form content are kind of a, a necessary evolution of consuming information. Well, having this two-hour format, which we're almost at the end of, so I'm going to get some information from everyone in a minute. Um, it it feels like two hours is a really long time to 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 devote to some something or somebody nowadays, right? To people want to watch like ten minutes at most. Most of the time, it's like, okay, give it to me, give it to me quick. You know, I don't have time for that. But we're giving people information in such a short space. But even with that two hours, it feels like such a short time to spend with somebody. Um, when we've got five or six people who all want to speak to you. Um, and so thank you very much for uh, coming and sharing your time with us. Um, it's my really pleasure. I'm, I'm really honored, honestly. Like, I, I thank you guys for all the good things you're working on, too. So it's uh, it's mutual, for yeah. sure. Well, uh, we appreciate Ariel for inviting you and for participating in your project. Um, sounds like uh, a lot of people in Yang Yang have uh, some some uh, knowledge of Jeremy um, because of maybe past events that you guys have attended together. And so um, I think we had a really good episode today. Now, Jeremy, you're, you're not looking for people specifically to connect with you through leyline.gg, but would you like to have anybody reach out to you by social media after this? And Oh yeah. Uh, In any way possible, actually. I mean, everyone's free to sign up for an account. It is, is totally free. And if you hop into our discord server, we are happy to 
hook you up. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, well, how do they get a uh, how do they get an invite to your Discord or find out about? Uh, I, Ari- uh, I'll make sure Ariel is able to share uh, the invite. Yeah, link. I, I have. Um, I have anything you want to know, you guys. Just go through me. Yeah, right on. And uh, if you want to hit me on Twitter too, my DMs are open. My tag is uh, poet, but with underscores. So it's p underscore o underscore e underscore t. Sorry, it's kind of complicated. Uh, but yeah, you can you can. Oh, like, hey, oh I was curious about that. Okay, uh, now how did you get this beautiful Twitter handle? Do you uh, actually uh, write poetry or? Uh, I'm I'm a terrible poet. Uh, I I do <laughs> write uh, quite a bit, uh, so I'm more of like a fan of poetry than I I I, I do write uh, quite a bit and. Uh, th- there's a multi-layer uh, meaning there. I think um, I would say that there's something very special about poets in that uh, they see something beautiful in the world or in reality and find some way to you know express it and compress it into these powerful words. And I've always found that inspiring. And I always just felt like I could... I just kind of been through life and just seen so many beautiful things and I want to you know find a way to celebrate that and writing was just one of my better for ex- creative expression or creative forms of expression and then it like turned into like my gamer tag and handle and it's just like kind of stuck uh, since there but there's a lot of like adult you know as I was growing up it, it just kind of meant a lot to me in terms of trying to figure out who I am and um, what's important to me and my values so I kind of attached it all to this uh uh moniker poet so anyway that's a little yeah, bit i love that. your i love your twitter handle very excellent <laughs> thank you thank you okay. so much i appreciate it um but yeah thanks All thank right. you again guys and uh i'll be happy to chat with you again just let me know oh yeah yeah jeremy whenever you see us on every guest that comes on you can just hop in just to listen or talk whenever the heck you want that's oh, it. cool yeah. awesome. awesome i love it thank you guys and yeah, um, sure. Shale usually puts the schedule in the schedule channel, right? Every Thursday. This Thursday, we didn't quite have it get that in there, but next time we definitely will. So, my name is uh, Faye Koo. I'm at Palestine Math because I live in Palestine, Texas. And you can find me on Facebook as myself. I tend to uh, be a little slow, um, you know, uh, processing my in- invitations to friends over there, but uh, Twitter's excellent too. Um, who else would like to give a little uh, information about themselves before we take off? Hannah, are you ready? Uh, yeah, um, I'm Hannah, activist, um, advocate for UBI and all whole bunch of other things based out of Seattle. Um, my, I'm on Twitter at NowHannah1, which is just my a palindrome of my name, forwards and backwards. Um, yeah, that's about it. Thanks for coming, Jeremy. It was really nice uh, um, connecting with you again. My pleasure. My so pleasure. So Hannah's Hannah's name is spelled Hannah H A N N A H, and then last name Wong W O N. All right, very good. Um, how about Ariel? Are you ready? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm Ariel. You can find me on uh, uh, Twitter at Ariel's Ariels. So that's A R I E L S A E R I A L S, and uh, also YouTube dot com slash revolutionary thinking i also have a link tree now i think uh well it's it's the link tree thing and then slash ariel 2022 yeah all right uh that's probably going to help people find you ariel uh faye's been teaching us how to link tree for some time faye do you want to go next (laughs) 
Yeah, she's still muted. Okay. I see. <laughs> um, I'm here now. Uh, yeah. So uh, my name's Faye Doney. Um, my link tree is uh, backslash Tisdoney. T I S D O N E Y. Um, and that's also my Twitch, Twitter, and TikTok uh, handle as well. Um, and you know, if you want to even understand what my journey is that I'm about to go on. Uh, GoFundMe.com backslash Synthocopia, which is just a word I made up. It's S-Y-N-T-H-E-C-O-P-I-A. Um, and it's pretty much laying out uh, my journey through um, leaving Alabama to Arizona to California to Washington and then back through, back all the way to um, Alabama. It's going to be quite, quite a fun trip but uh yeah uh message me um i'm always looking to network and uh better understand other people's journeys and maybe how we can work together so yeah thank you okay and um next let's get uh jsm are you still here with us do you want oh, to tell yeah, us uh, how people can find you okay yeah sorry i uh sorry for not contributing that much i was just sort of absorbing all the information I was hearing. Uh, I love the ideas y'all were mentioning. I love to hear more about your nonprofit um, in the future. Uh, so uh, my uh, username or whatever on Twitter is us underscore politics 2024. Used to be 2020, but now that's over. Um, I tended to. I'm, I'm sort of um, as uh, Shale was was talking about uh, conservative people on here. I'm not technically a conservative, but I'm more of kind of like in independent. Sometimes I align with more conservative views. Sometimes I align with more progressive view, views. It just depends on what the particular topic is. But um, yeah, I, I'm only mainly just post about um, about political current events type stuff. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't have to contribute. I really appreciate you coming. You're always welcome to contribute. And it's appreciated when you do, but uh, you know, I appreciate you just coming, listening. Uh, thank you for your time. And you're always welcome. I hope you, you become back again. Whenever you like, as much as you want. If you want to become a regular, that would be spectacular. Thank you. All right. Um, how about uh, Refluence? Refluence, are you ready to tell us how people can contact you? Hello. Refluence. Yes. yes. My <laughs> name is Refluence. You can pronounce it the way you pronounce influence, so like reverse. But you can find me on Twitter. I mean, uh, <laughs> I meant to say Instagram. Instagram at uh, project.refluence99. And then you spell that uh, P-R-O-J-C-E-T dot R-E-F-L-U-E-N-C-E 99. And it's like my personal blog kind of, it's whatever. It's a bunch of memes and whatever. But um, you can find me there. There's a Gaming for Humanity page I made also. Um, mm. And look up Refluence. It's like my gaming handle also. Like, uh, uh, what is his name? Jeremy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh yeah, thank Very you guys. Good. Thank you so much. Um, and and a shout out to uh, Christian Spencer who just left a comment on YouTube saying awesome conversation. This was really interesting and informative. Thank you, Christian. Oh, thanks for sharing that with us, Ariel. It's nice to hear. Um, Kai, are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, Kai, we can't hear you at all. The mute is off, but the no, you're not muted. Yeah, the microphones. I'm sorry, Kai. She's got uh, she's got multiple things going on to. Oh, I told her to go to turn on noise suppression if she could, and now look what's happened. This is my fault, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll take responsibility for this. You can't, okay. 
One minute. Okay. Also, don't oh, talk back. to Chris. Back for a second. <laughs> Everybody, be quiet. <laughs> Bad timing. It's all right. We'll come back to you, Kai. Who else hasn't gone? Okay, hold on. I yeah. actually, everybody has gone, but Shale, can okay. we invite? Um, can we invite Jeremy to a social stream every once in a while to do social gamers? Yeah, Jeremy. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you're welcome to come to anything on the schedule. We have three episodes a weekend, and usually two or three social streams, which are like oh, we hang out and play cool. a game. Sometimes they play AI Dungeon, so which is my current room. favorite one. Actually, actually but, uh, it's, it's, it's because Le- Leyline has uh, game nights. So they, 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 they have something oh. similar. So, so you yeah. do something similar to them. Yeah, right. we can do some like community yeah. collaboration. I would love so, to. Like, yeah, I would love to cool. come maybe stream my participation what? in a Leyline what? game, light, game okay. night. I love what it. type of games do you guys play at the Leyline game, game night? Uh, it, it rotates. Um, I think recently we did Jackbox and Among Us. Oh, uh, previously <laughs> yeah. Overwatch. <laughs> Jackbox tonight. I have Jackbox scheduled at eight or nine tonight. I think. Awesome. Yeah, okay. we should totally yeah. collab. So we've been overlapping on this. Very interesting. That's right. Great minds. <laughs> this is a shared value. I played Neverwinter Nights the other day. Do you remember that game from like two thousand four? That's oh, still love. going. It's still good. They got a big update last month. Anyway, <laughs> community-driven content well, uh, just really about... spectacular. Anyway, that's not. This tell is not the audience. Tell a little bit for... about the AI dungeon. <laughs> AI dungeon. We do, we do a story. All right, you're uh, so so. A you're a game designer. I'm a I'm a lifelong gamer. Have you um, heard of? <clears throat> I've dabbled dabbled in Jeremy? game design myself. No, <clears throat> I, I haven't. Is this like a D and D type of platform? You know the old text yeah, adventures, yeah. a la Zork. You know, like you are standing uh-huh. in a room. Exits are north, south, east, and the well and the stairs. It's like that, but um, with artificial intelligence, and it's written as you play it. Oh, so that's, that's just cool. spectacular, and that's like the main mode. So I actually and a slightly slightly repurposing like of the engine allows you to do adventure. all kinds of other things. Yeah, yeah, you can play it. Yeah, yeah, that's another mode. The mode we play is creative mode, choose your own adventure mode. But the original mode is kind of more uh, a little bit more gamified, which I will show. It's like harder to launch and learn and get into, but it's a little bit more like you have uh, you can you have like life points and like life and. A score. You have a score in the creative mode too. Anyway, you can use this 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 engine, the AI dungeon engine, for all kinds of things. I have dumped uh, ingredients list from recipes that I found on the internet in and gotten it to produce entirely new recipes instead. Uh, I, I I've gotten it to take lyrics from like songs I've written and produce different songs. Pontificate on anything. Wow. It's it's this is an amazing AI engine you can just have fun with. So sometimes I play and stream that. Uh, Anyway, we've got a big tangent. So it's like yeah. a, when we do it together, <laughs> it feels like um, we're having a uh, m- multiple person um, sort of conversation with the AI, where we're trying to get the AI to do certain things, and then the AI seems to be like trying to get us mm. to do certain things. <laughs> like, kind of I cannot encourage you sometimes. enough to check this out yourself. As soon as we get off the podcast, I want you to go to the Play Store and download the AI Dungeon app. And it's free, I think, but whatever. You can get like the, the there's like the premium version for like ten bucks a month, which is worth it because that's how you get the better AI engine. And uh, that's awesome. it, yeah, just you'll play it in ten minutes, you'll get it. It'll blow your mind. I love it. I'm totally downloading. All right, please do. Please enjoy it. Please uh, <laughs> let me know. Let me know how you like it. I'm glad I, I turned will. somebody on to AI Dungeon. Everybody should know, especially anyone with an interest or background in game design. So, uh, awesome. who has Kai's on your back? So Jackbox is on tonight. Jackbox is on tonight. Jack, oh, Kaisen's ready. 
podcast. All right. So my name is Kai McCoy. I hail from Kansas City, Missouri and flyover country, the land of the Kaw Indians and the Missouri and the Osage and a whole bunch of really awesome folks who are long gone from this land. But I'm here. And so you can find me on Twitter and Patreon and Cash App and PayPal at K-A-I-Z-E-N-K-C. That's Kai Zen. Peace out. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, my name is Shale. All right. So I think that's just you to close. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. My name's Shale Riley. My Twitter is Shale Riley. S-H-A-E-L-R-I-L-E-Y. So thank you for giving us your time and attention. Uh, we will see you again next weekend or perhaps later tonight. Jackbox at 8 o'clock. We'll be on Twitch and YouTube, I think, tonight. So, All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. All right. Great Bye, show. Bye, everybody. Thank you so Great much. Show.